Well, happy Father's Day, everybody. We are so glad you're here today. To all you dads, welcome. I hope you've got a little celebratory bacon or sausage on your way in. I confess I have already eaten far too many uh, bacon-wrapped hot dogs, or maybe, but maybe even one is too many, but I don't know. I ate a lot more than one, though. Pretty good stuff. And listen, to everybody, whether you are a dad or have a dad or know a dad or you've met a dad or you've heard of them, you're in the right place. We're glad you're here. Uh, kids, we're especially glad that you are with us today. Man, we had a great week. I got to be there one day singing some silly songs with them, had a great time. Uh, and you already heard, man, thanks to the over 110 volunteers, over 240 kids that came. What an amazing week we had. We are still celebrating that. And today we are in the third installment of our series, Road Trips. Uh, kids, we're glad you're here for this road trip. You're totally going to be able to follow along uh, as we are looking this summer at the travel stories of the Bible. Uh, just a few of the stories where we see people traveling and we're trying to figure out what we can learn. And today's travel story is a story that Jesus tells. And Jesus tells this lesson, to tells this story rather, to teach us all a very important lesson. So whether you're five years old or 105 years old, here's what Jesus wants to teach you. He wants to teach you how to run like a dad. That's what Jesus wants you to know. Jesus wants you to know how to run like a dad. And not just any dad, uh, not like the dads in our silly video, you know, not the dad with the stroller or, the, or the, the dad who's there to argue or the dad with the chair sitting down. No, um, today we're going to learn how to run like our Heavenly Father. When Jesus talks about God, the most common name he uses is the word Abba. It's this word that means daddy. It's Jesus' favorite way of talking about God as heavenly father. And listen, I know that earthly dads, we make a lot of mistakes. And no dad on this earth is perfect. But that name heavenly father does give me a glimpse into something that Jesus wants us all to understand about God. Jesus wants us to know that God loves us, that God cares for us, and that God longs for all of us to be God's children. And today, Jesus wants you to learn how you can run like a dad. Uh, we're looking in the Bible at Luke chapter 15. We'll spend our whole time there. So if you've got a paper Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 15. If you've got a phone or something with you and you want to follow along in the scripture, uh, if you've got a Bible app, Luke 15, or just Google Luke 15, I bet the first or second link will be the text and we can all follow along there. Now, Jesus is teaching this story about how to run like a dad uh, to, a, to an interesting audience. We know a little bit about who was there with Jesus. Um, there were sinners there. Uh, sinners are people who have rebelled against God's way. They've chosen to follow their own path, and they're no longer following God. There were tax collectors there. Tax collectors were not well-liked people. They had agreed to work together with the Romans against their own people, and they were hated by their neighbors. Also listening to Jesus' teaching, though, were Pharisees. Pharisees were actually remarkably good people. They were uh, careful and serious and obedient to God. But they also had a reputation of being judgmental 
toward anybody else who made mistakes and didn't live up to their standard. And then it says that there were experts in the law. These are people who knew God's word and they knew God's teaching. But maybe, based on what Jesus teaches them, maybe they knew God's word a little better than they knew God. And they knew about God more than they knew God's character and God's love. And Jesus says to all these different people that are listening to his teaching, and Jesus says to you and to all of us and to me, you need to learn how to run like a dad. And you need to learn how your father runs. So let's jump into the story. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, those are our four crowds, right? Tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, teachers of the law, muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them a parable. He said, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, you got to know some things about this story. First of all, this is terrible advice for how to be a shepherd. Okay, just to be clear, like some of you kids are in here and you're wondering what you're going to be when you grow up. Maybe you're going to grow up to be a shepherd. That'd be awesome if some of you did that. Okay, that'd be great. Grow up and be a shepherd. But if you grow up and be a shepherd, don't take this advice. Okay, if you've got, if you're a shepherd out in the wild country and you have 99 sheep, do not leave your 99 sheep out in the wild country and go look for one. First, you take your 99 sheep somewhere safe, you get a buddy to watch out for your 99 sheep, and then you go looking for the one. This parable is not about how to be a good shepherd. This parable is about the character of God. And Jesus says that God cares immensely about those who are lost. The first thing we learn about how to run like our heavenly father is that God runs after those who need rescuing. So kids, I'll just let you know if someday in your life you discover you need rescuing, you have gotten yourself into trouble, you have gotten in a bad spot, you've made some foolish mistakes and you are paying the price and you are in trouble and life isn't working out and you need rescuing and you wonder how does God feel about that? Man, you can just remember this story and you can know that God runs after those who are lost so that God can rescue him. See, Jesus wants you to know how, to, how your heavenly father runs after you. Okay, so he can rescue. Okay, he tells another story right here, okay? Let's pay attention here. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search? We're gonna pause right there for a second. The fact that the lady has to light a lamp means that she is looking for the coin at night. Wouldn't it make so much more sense to wait till the next morning when you could look in the daylight? That's what I would do. That would make so much more sense. You know, why look at night? It's hard to find things at night. See, this is teaching us not how to find lost coins. This is teaching us that God cares urgently 
God has a sense of urgency to come after those who are lost. So let's look at our story. She lights a lamp. She sweeps the house. She searches till she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. How does our Heavenly Father run? Our Heavenly Father runs to rescue those who are lost. Our Heavenly Father searches urgently for us when we are far away. And our Heavenly Father celebrates when we are found. All right, we're working our way through Luke 15. Jesus wants you to know two things. He wants you to know how your Heavenly Father runs. And he wants you to know how you too can run like a dad. And he's got one more story for us. Luke chapter 15 Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. It's a Father's Day story. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. This is a terrible start to our story. What does it mean when the young man says, give me my share of the estate? He's talking about his inheritance. And the only way in normal life you get an inheritance is for your parents to die. And so this kid is going to his dad and saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. I'd rather have your stuff than you. I'd rather have your money than your relationship. This young man is cruel and he's rude. And his dad does it. Jesus continues the story. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He was so hungry, he wanted to eat the pig food. But they wouldn't even let him eat that. What do we know about this young kid? Well, we know he's rude and he's cruel to his own father. But then we discover that he's also foolish and reckless and rebellious and self-destructive. And now he's hungry and he's desperate. This kid is in trouble. And where did the trouble start? Well, the trouble started when he rebelled against his father. The whole trouble started there. When he rebelled against his father, that's what led to all the trouble. And kids and old people, that can happen to us too. We find ourselves in a mess of trouble and we look around and we're like, how did all this trouble start? Where did all this trouble come from? And the whole thing started when we rebelled against our father. That happens to us. And when that happens to you, when you find yourself in trouble because you rebelled against the Father, the best thing you can do is come to your senses. And that's what happens to the boy. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, when he realized what he'd done, when he figured out what was going on, when he thought clearly about the mess he'd gotten himself into, he said, how many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. 
Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he got up and went to his father. Imagine how scared he must have been. Last conversation he'd had with his dad, he was so rude and so cruel. He's wasted his father's money. He's embarrassed his father in the community. He's weakened his family's reputation. But here's what he knows. He's starving. And his father's servants don't starve. He realizes everything he'd given up as a son of the father, and now he'd just take it if he could just work for his dad. So he prepares his speech, and he goes back. He must have been so afraid I bet, I bet a lot of us can think of a time, maybe some of you kids can think of a time when you messed something up and you had to go tell your parents, you know? You broke a lamp and you got to walk into your mom and say, I broke a lamp. You know, it can be scary, right, to go to your parents and tell them you messed up. This kid must have been so scared. Let's see what happens. He's walking back to his father. The Bible says this, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. I don't know how that kid thought his dad was going to receive him that day after he'd been so rude, rude and so cruel and so foolish and so destructive, but I know he didn't plan on that. What do we learn about how our Heavenly Father runs? Well, first of all, we learn that he was ready to run. The Bible says that when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And that's only possible if his father was looking for him. Day after day, when he probably should have been working the fields or tending to the livestock, he was out there looking at the horizon, waiting to see the silhouette of his son walking down the road. He was waiting for his son to return, eager for his son to return. Our father, we turns out, is ready to run. How do you run like a father? You got to be ready to run after people that are far away. And look what motivates the run. I love this. Maybe you worry that if God were running, maybe, you know, some of you hear the sound, that you hear me say that God is running after you, and your first thought is like, oh, no, that's bad news. He's probably running after me with, with anger or running after me with frustration or running after me. But look what motivates the run. The Bible says he was filled up with compassion. That's what motivates the run of our God. He runs with compassion. He runs with welcome. He runs with love. He embraces him. It's worth knowing some of the cultural issues at play. Uh, you know, in the ancient, ancient world, for a dad to show this kind of emotion was unheard of. There are two super um, kind of shocking parts of this story. When Jesus would have told this story, there would have been two really shocking parts. The first shocking part was when the son was so rude to his dad. Like, you just didn't talk to your folks like that back in the day. You know, I don't know, maybe today, but not back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, whoa. But the second shocking part is when the dad picks up his robes and runs down the road. He would have looked like a fool so that he could love and welcome his son. 
prove to the whole town, prove to the whole village that this boy is welcome back. But he does more than that. The son starts his speech in verse 21. The son says to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father interrupts him. He doesn't even let him finish his speech. He says to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. How does your heavenly father run after you? He runs after you with love and compassion and mercy but he also runs after you with gifts, right? A robe and a ring and sandals. And these gifts aren't just random things. All of these are symbolic gifts that demonstrate that this boy has been fully reinstated as the son of the father with all the privileges and benefits that come with that role. He runs with restoration. He proves to the whole world, this is not my servant this is my son and he is welcome back into my family and then of course he throws a party that's how your god runs after you he runs after you with the party already planned because he wants to celebrate when you return kids the day may come when you uh, mess up pretty big you know It could happen. It happened to a lot of us. And some of us are here today having messed up pretty big. And 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 when that happens, you're going to wonder, what would God do if I tried to go back to God? How would I be received by the church if I tried to reconnect with the church? How would I be received by, by my heavenly father if I were to try to you know, get, get, get reconnected with God? How could I be received by the community if I were to try to return to the community? This is how God receives you. Jesus wants you to know how your heavenly father runs. He runs with compassion. He runs with love. He runs with urgency. He doesn't wait till the next morning to look for the lost coin. He lights the lamp and starts looking now. He runs with mercy. He runs toward you with gifts. He runs toward you with restoration. He runs toward you with rescue. And he runs to bring you back to the party. And that's half of what Jesus wants you to know. First thing Jesus wants you to know is how your father runs. How does your heavenly father run after you? But the second thing Jesus wants you to know is he wants you to know how you can run like a dad. That's it. This Father's Day, what Jesus wants to teach you is how you can run like a dad. And yes, white socks and New Balance shoes help, but they are not required, okay? You can learn to run like a dad just by paying attention to what Jesus is teaching here because that's immediately where the story shifts. The story shifts to a different character who needs to learn how to run like his father does. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And so he called one of his servants and he asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother got so mad. 
and he wouldn't go into the party. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You're always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now let's just be clear for a second. The brother's attitude in this story makes complete sense to us. We totally get what the brother is so mad about. He watched his younger brother insult his father and take the family's wealth and weaken the family's name and waste it all self-destructively. He stayed behind and did the work while his brother was off. He cared for the fields and cared for the livestock and worked the family farm while his brother was off doing who knows what. This happens to us, right? You know, I had a brother. When he did something wrong, you can be sure I wanted to make sure my folks found out and he got punished. Because that's what happened when I did something wrong. We get why the brother is so mad. His little brother does all this and now he hears that he gets a robe and he gets a ring and he gets sandals and he gets a party. And sometimes when we see other people rebelling against God or acting self-destructively or promoting values we disagree with, we feel just like this older brother. We sure hope they get what's coming to them. But then the father goes out and he goes to his older son and he wants more from him. And he wants more from us. He wants his oldest son to learn one more thing from him. You have to know the son who stayed behind, he learned how to tend the fields from his dad. And learned how to take care of the livestock from his dad. And learned how to lead the family farm from his dad. And learned how to function in the community from his dad. All things his younger brother didn't get to learn because he was off self-destructing. But now his dad has one more thing that older brother has to learn. He says, you need to learn to run like I do. Run toward. Run with compassion. Run with mercy. Run with welcome. Run with love. He goes to his older son and says, I need you to learn to run like I do. Come, join the feast. And then, the most mysterious thing about this chapter is that that's where the story ends. The Bible never tells us what the older brother does. And I think that's on purpose 
Because it makes me think about what could happen next in the story. And it makes me think about what I would do. I, I think about that younger brother. And as the party goes on and they're, they're eating and celebrating, at some point he's going to notice that his older brother isn't there. He's going to say to one of the servants, hey, does my brother know I'm home? Is he going to come and welcome me? And if he doesn't, just think of what that would do to the younger brother. Is he really welcomed home if he's not welcomed home? I know his dad welcomed him home, and, and that, you know, that meant everything. But his older brother won't even come to the party. Jesus wants you to know two things. He wants you to know how your heavenly father runs after you, but he also wants you to know how to run like a dad. Because there are people in this world who won't believe the love of their father until they know the love of the father's children. You see? Do you run toward people far from God the same way your father runs after you? Do you run like your heavenly father with compassion and love and joy and gifts and restoration and parties? When somebody far from God sees you running after them, do they cower in fear or do they rejoice because they know if you're running after them, you are showing up with love and compassion and generosity and welcome and forgiveness and grace and like, man, let that dude catch you. You'll be so glad you did. You have to learn how your heavenly father runs after you because you are the younger brother. You are the one who has rebelled and gone off and wasted God's precious gifts for your own selfish, self-destructive ends. You have to know that your heavenly father runs after you with compassion and mercy and welcome and restoration and calls you his daughter and calls you his son. But you also have to know how your heavenly father runs and calls you to run like a dad because you are also the older brother. You are also the one who could stand in judgment of the very one God shows mercy, stand in rejection of the very one God shows welcome, stand in scorn of the very one God shows grace. You go back and you read this story. You read the whole chapter. Do you notice how every one of the stories ends in a party, right? He goes looking for the lost sheep and he finds them and they have a party. Looking for the lost coin and she finds it and they have a party. Looking for the lost son and he finds him and they have a party. And ultimately the father's goal, if you read the text, the father's goal in that text is for both his boys to be at the same party. That's all he wants out of life. That's all he wants out of his whole life is for both his boys to be at the same party. And that too is a picture of our God who just wants all of God's children to be at the same feast. Part of why I love that 
our worship is centered around the communion meal is the communion meal is just an appetizer for the eternal feast to which everyone is invited and to which God wants everyone to be welcome. God wants younger brothers to share in the feast knowing that they have been restored by God. And God wants elder brothers to share in the feast because they share the love of God for those who have been far off. And so the meal of communion is a meal of welcome. Uh, we, we say around, this isn't our meal, it's Jesus' meal. And Jesus welcomes anyone who is trusting him and naming him as Lord. Whether you have wandered far off or whether you've been sitting here grumpy, Jesus says, come to the party. You are invited to come home to the heart and the love of the Father. Declare your trust in Christ. Declare your obedience to Christ, and you are restored the full rights and privileges and responsibilities of the children of God. If you're worshiping online right now, it's a great time to grab bread and juice or whatever you have to share in this meal. If you're gathered in the sanctuary, you probably picked up communion elements on your way in. If you didn't, there'll be ushers moving through the room right now uh, with communion elements for you. Uh, So if somebody can grab that and just move through and just kind of raise your hand if you need communion elements and somebody will bring those to you right now. Uh, So just kind of put your hand up. We want to make sure you have that. This meal reminds us of the sacrifice of Jesus. It's his broken body and his shed blood that allows us to be reunited to the family of God, welcomed at the feast. Jesus is the true elder brother, the one who knew how to run like his father, and he did run after those who needed rescue, run after us with love, run after us with compassion, run after us with generosity, run after us with restoration. And as we share in this meal today, Maybe you could just let your heart be reminded of just two simple things. Remember how your heavenly father runs. Even right now, God is pursuing you with love and gentleness and generosity and restoration. You are not too far gone. Just turn around and receive the love of God. Remember that as we share this meal today. Remember how your heavenly father runs. And then the second thing I would ask you to remember is remember that you are called to run like your dad. Run like your heavenly father. Run toward the world with that same love, compassion, forgiveness, generosity, second chances, third chances, fifth chances, tenth chances. Just keep counting. Run like your dad. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for Jesus, the true elder brother who ran like his heavenly father after us lost younger daughters and sons. And now, God, we come to the feast. We we taste the appetizer for the great, eternal, glorious rescue feast that is to come. We thank you, Lord Christ, for the love of our Father. May we Love the world with that same love. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.